Hi, I'm Beth Fuller, and you're listening to the Food Adventures Podcast. I know the world can feel intimidating or scary at times, but I'm here to tell you it doesn't have to be. Through the lens of food, we can learn so much about one another, celebrate our differences, and maybe eat some tasty food along the way. Are you ready to do this? I know I am. So let's go on a food adventure together right now. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Food Adventures Podcast. It's January. Happy New Year. It's 2021. Wow. We did it. We freaking did it. I don't know about you, but man, oh man, 2020. I could use a nap. So I thought today we could talk about some, I think, relevant things that we're all trying to implement usually at the beginning of a new year. My fabulous trainer made a great point and said this is something maybe we should implement at the start of every month versus just a new year, but we got to start somewhere. So let's jump right into this. I've got some great questions from you guys. Thanks so much for sending them in. Now, before we get started, put down those pens and pencils. I've done all the note-taking for you. They're on my website, www.elizabethrfuller.com under the Food Adventures podcast show notes. And I'll have links to everything I'm about to mention. So just sit back and enjoy the show. So I was thinking, I do that a lot. One of my superpowers in life is that I have the ability and the love to make everyone I meet instantly feel like family. I meet you, we share a cocktail, you are now my new best friend. I have said that a million times over. I have so much love for so many people and I love bringing you right in, right in next to me when uh, we first initially meet. Sometimes it scares people off, uh, sometimes you embrace it and you're like, oh, this is just who Beth is. So I realized we should probably get to know each other a little bit better. I want to get to know you. You should get to know me a little more. So I wanted to take a second and, you know, let you know who I am. So for those of you who are new to my life, my name is Beth Fuller. My husband is Todd and we live with our fluffy, oversized, two-year-old golden retriever. He's actually an English cream golden retriever, which just means he's got like a little lighter color to him. His name is Oliver. He is the loves of our lives. Our whole world circles around his fluffy bum. We love him. Uh, We live about 45 minutes west of Boston. We moved to this town probably about two and a half years ago. Prior to that, we always lived right near the city within maybe 10 minutes, 15 minutes of driving into the city. So the food options then were so wonderful. And I took them for granted constantly because now being out here, there's no Nepalese tasty momos anywhere. No, no, there's not. There's no, I mean, maybe there is. I probably have to really dig to find them. Hence my soup dumpling rant uh, in episode one. I as you know, love food and I love interesting food. And in and around where we are, there are interesting places to get food, but you really need to do research to find them. And you might have to drive 20 minutes or half an hour to get to them. You know what I mean? So the town that we live in is probably the most diverse in the area where we are. 
We have a great Brazilian, Ecuadorian, and Peruvian population here, which to me basically translates to fun places to have food adventures, like this one. I think it was, no, I know it was, the summer of 2019, We, which was last summer, which in COVID time feels like 40 years ago. So Todd and I were hanging out in the backyard. We've got this really cute backyard. We've got uh, big, tall stalks of bamboo. It kind of feels a little bit like a spa. It's fabulous. Absolutely love our backyard. Spend every second that I can when it's nice enough outside back there. So I was working in the yard. Todd was puttering in the garage next to me. And it I don't know where the afternoon went. It was probably 1.30, quarter to 2. And I looked down at my watch and I was like, oh my God, how the heck did I miss lunch? I never miss a meal, ever, never, ever, ever. It takes a lot. And so instantly I went from, I think I'm kind of hungry to holy crap, I'm, I'm starving. Like I am, I'm now hangry, starving, need to eat something right away. Oh my gosh. So like ran inside, got a bag of God knows what, standing in the garage, stuffing chips in my face while staring at Todd going, we need to go get something to eat right now. I'm like, I want a cold beer and something fried. That's fun. And he was like, okay, all right. I'm like, no, no, now, now. He goes, can I have five minutes? No, probably not. So (laughs) we get our shoes on, we get our stuff together. We hop in the car. I drive two seconds down the road to this Ecuadorian place that we've been wanting to try. We were going to go in and get takeout, leave, bring it home, crack a cold beer, sit outside in the backyard, eat some fried. I, in my mind, I really wanted some good empanadas. So we go into this place. It is, and I'm not exaggerating when I say this tiny little hole in the wall, the windows are kind of boarded up a little bit. Todd looked at me. I'm like, no, let's do it. Let's do it. Open the door. I am obviously first to walk in the door because Todd has, uh, and he doesn't mind me saying this, a tiny bit of social anxiety. And so, so he doesn't like attention on him. I know, I know. And he gets to be married to me who is shining in her own spotlight constantly. And I'm like, oh, is this a good angle? Oh, hi, how are you? You're my new best friend. Oh, yep, I love you. Oh, hi, yep, mm, there's my fans. Hi, 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 you know? And so anyway, I walk in the door <clears throat> and he is following behind me. It was like a record scratched. Everyone, you could hear the clink of people's silverware as they dropped it on the table to turn and look and be like, who is that? And there I am, flip-flops, and really just so excited to eat an empanada. Walk up to the little counter, sweetest little younger gal standing behind it. Todd speaks Spanish. I speak what some call kitchen Spanish. I know words for food in Spanish. But the problem is for the last few years, I've been trying to study Italian. That's a whole nother story that I can't wait to get into at another time. And so now my Spanish in my very, very like two-year-old basic Italian, which isn't, yeah, anyway, gets kind of mixed together. And in my head, it's all jumbled up. And so it's hard for me to separate it. And I took French in high school, which, uh, yeah, bonjour. So we are standing there and Todd, I kind of push him up to the counter. Like you're, you're taking the lead on this because honestly his Spanish is far and away better than anything I can come up with, which will always end up being a mixture of charades 
and at least two or three languages that I don't speak very well. That That is always how it goes. When I am in a foreign place, I will always attempt to try to speak the language very poorly, very animatedly. And it's usually like, uh, cluck, cluck, as I'm moving my arms up and down, staring at the person, a, uh, pollo, polo. And they look at me and they're like, uh-huh, yeah, uh-huh. So anyway, back to the story. So I push Todd to the counter and I'm like, empanadas. Like, let's just, let's just get a bunch of apps. He's like, I'm, I'm with you. Okay, great. He says to the gal, like, do you have a, do you have a takeout menu? Do you have a menu? She points to this board that's written in Spanish, but it was one of those like black kind of grease boards with the neon marker. And the writing was already hard to read. Now it's in another language and D, I don't have my glasses. So I look at Todd and I'm like, can you, can, can you figure this out? He's like, I don't know what those words mean. I'm like, but you, you speak Spanish. He's like, yeah, but not those words. Okay. So then he, the girl looks at us like, you ready? And we're like, ah, so Todd tries again. And then here comes me with my charades. So then I get a piece of paper and I open it and I, I start pointing to things. And I'm like, do you have to take out like me, me, food, a la casa, de la, la casa, si? And she was like, what are you saying? So she goes into the back room of the kitchen, comes back with this very small grandma who is probably making my empanadas back there. She comes out, she looks at us and I look at Todd and Todd tries again and she looks at him and then I take the piece of paper and she goes, oh yes, yeah, see, see, see. Hands us a folded takeout menu. I'm like, oh, we're in business now, baby. Look down the app section. Okay, we're gonna get this, 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 this. Let's just get the whole menu. Like, let's just get the whole app section of this menu. Great. Do they have some fun fruit juices? Let's get two fresh fruit juices, maybe some ceviche, call it a day. Todd tries to order and he's like telling the grandma in like Spanish and I'm following up with some English, taking it to go. Grandma looks at us. Oh no, we, we, we don't have. You, you don't, you don't have what's on this takeout menu right here? Mm-mm, no, no. Points back to the grease board. I look at, <laughs> I look at Todd, Todd looks at me and he's like, I don't think we're getting empanadas. My heart broke. And if you know me, you, you already know, let's be honest, you know me at this point, everybody. I'm starving, starving, watching people eat, really what looks like delicious food, but I don't want a whole fried red snapper with rice and beans and some like spicy escabeche kind of sauce on it. I really want some fried salty tostone. I mean like anything at this point with a cold beer. And I had the cold beer already at the house. So that, that box was checked and it was the middle of summer. You know, like this is, this is just two 30. Like now it's creeping on three o'clock. I was like, oh God. Needless to say, we left there with no food. So there you have it. Now we, now we know one another a little bit better. So our first question comes from Linda in New Hampshire. She writes, hi Beth. As my stomach starts growling this morning, I found myself asking the same question that I have had daily for almost a year. What can I make for lunch? My criteria for the perfect lunch, not in any special order, 
not takeout, healthy, tasty, staying power, easy to prepare, and doesn't require a lot of special ingredients? You know, Linda, that is a great question. And I have what I think might be a couple of good solutions for you. Because that's one of my biggest pet peeves is when I eat something that I think is going to stay with me through what, you know, should be the right meal period. And then I find myself literally two hours later going through the cabinets, vending machines, taking a run to Starbucks, something just to get a snack in me because I am hungry again. And when I get hungry, hungry turns to hangry pretty quick in my world. Because I live in New England, I tend to eat really seasonally. Right now, I am all about warm things because it's freezing outside. I dream about Southern California and when I used to live in San Diego, now that it's in the dead of winter here in the Boston area. So let's embrace this cold weather together, my friends, and make some cozy comfort food. The first recipe that comes to mind comes from one of my best friends in the entire world, Marissa. She used to make this when she lived in Southern Italy. I changed it slightly just for a couple of different flavor profiles in it for myself, but and you can change it any way you want as well. Super simple. Just takes a little bit of time and planning. So this recipe is a vegetarian, could be vegan, hearty, filling, very comforting pasta dish. So what we're going to do, you're going to take a can of chickpeas, a can of cannellini beans, dump them out into a colander in the sink, rinse them off really good, set them aside. In a pot, you're going to glug some olive oil in there, take a clove of garlic, cut it down the center. In the center of the clove is, it, it's called the germ, but it, it looks like a little stem coming out inside the center of the garlic clove. Pop that out. It pops out really easily. Sometimes it has a little bit of a green color to it. Pop it out. Italians and others, and I agree, say that as the garlic ages, that tends to get bitter. And so that lends to more bitterness in your dishes. If you take a little bit of time and pop it out, I personally think it makes a difference. So in the olive oil, you're going to saute the, the half garlic. You don't need to chop it up. I leave it whole because I like to pull it out at the end. So after about a couple of minutes, that's going to get a little bit of color on it. You're, you're doing this over like medium low heat. Um, don't let the oil get too hot. You don't want this to burn. You're going to take about a quarter of a medium sized onion that you've diced up and about, let's say half a piece of celery. If you're feeling frisky, do the whole stalk of celery. Chop that up into a nice little dice. Throw that in the pot. Saute, saute, salt and pepper, saute. Get that so it's nice and translucent. Then you're going to take a handful of cherry tomatoes, cut them in half, throw those in the pot. Saute those up for a minute or two. I like to use a fresh bay leaf, a sprig of thyme, and if you have some fresh sage, a sprig of sage. Don't even bother chopping any of that up. Throw it in the pot. You're going to take your beans, throw those in the pot. And then you're going to get either chicken stock, veggie stock, whichever you prefer. I would fill up the pot so the liquid is covering the beans, but you don't want too much liquid in the pot. And then you're going to bring it to a boil, turn it down so it's just kind of blipping away on the stove. Slowly keep your eye on it, stir it every, I don't know, 10 minutes or so. 
if the stock level starts getting down before the beans start really breaking down, add a little bit more stock in. Just do it slowly though. Um, then 45 minutes later or so, maybe an hour, depending on how long it just takes, your the beans are going to break down to this gorgeous, creamy, beautiful, stew-like sauce. There, It'll be chunky. There's still going to be some chunks in there, but it's going to be so delicious. I totally forgot one more thing. Let's back this party train up. So before you put the stock in, put in a tiny bit of crushed red pepper too if you're into spice. If you're not, you can omit it. I highly recommend it though. Okay, so now we've done all that. Take it off the heat for a second. Take the garlic clove out. Take whatever herbs are still left out. Take the fresh bay leaf out. In another pot, you're going to boil some water. This is a very good tip that I highly recommend doing. When you're boiling water for pasta, you want the water to taste like the salt of an ocean. So you're going to put in more salt. If you're listening to this and you're here in the U.S. and you're not Italian, and I mean like from Italy Italian, you're going to be like, this is an obscene amount of salt I'm putting in. No, it's not. It's really not. Trust me. So put the salt in. Taste the water before it boils once the salt is dissolved to see if it tastes like the ocean. If it doesn't, add more salt. This is your opportunity to flavor the pasta as it's boiling. Again, I know it looks like a lot of salt. Trust me, it's going to taste great. The pasta I like to use in this is uh, ditalini. They look like teeny tiny little tubes and uh, you can get them... I think at almost any grocery store, if they don't have that, you could use like the teeny tiny little elbows. You want a teeny tiny little pasta for this. Cook the pasta according to the package. I prefer al dente. You do you. Drain it. Take a little bit of the starchy pasta water and put it on the side. Now, if that bean mixture is cooled too much and it looks a little dense, thick, brick-like, dare I say, Take a little of that starchy pasta, a little bit of that starchy pasta water and mix it in to the mixture to thin it out a little bit and warm everything back up. Put the pasta in your bowl, a scoop, two, three, if you're feeling frisky, of the bean mixture. Put that on top of the pasta. Then take really good olive oil and do a glug around the bean mixture in the bowl. I would take even a little bit more crushed red if you want. Shave some good Parmigiano Reggiano or Pecorino Romano on top, and there you have lunch. And honestly, it keeps too. I usually can probably eat about half of it for lunch one day and save it and do half for the next day. I think it's just utterly delicious. I hope you enjoy it. Let me know what you think. All right, I have one more recipe for you, Linda. And either one of these can be used for lunch or dinner, and both of them, the leftovers, are outstanding. I dare I say even better the second day. My second recipe for a quick and easy lunch, a piece of slow roasted salmon that then I flake on top of absolutely everything. So I make this at least once a week and it really couldn't be any easier than this. Get a piece of salmon from the grocery store or fish market. On a cookie sheet, I put down a little piece of tin foil, a little cooking spray, and then the piece of salmon. Now this is where it gets really fun. You can put any flavor you want on top of that. 
let's let that soak in literally pun intended for a second. Any flavor you want is going to go fabulous with that salmon, whether it be a store-made basil pesto or a kale pesto, or maybe you're taking this in a more Mediterranean direction. You have a piece of fennel in the fridge and you need to do something with it. Dill, Asian flavors, Indian flavors, Italian flavors. The world is your salmon oyster. That's not a thing, but right now it is. So once you picked your flavor, whatever it is, smear it on top, set your oven to 275, pop that salmon in, take a look at it in maybe 10, 15 minutes, depending on the thickness of the salmon. It can go anywhere from like 15 to 25 minutes. A thicker piece might take you 30 or 40 minutes. You really want it to be medium rare. Because of the slow roasting method and technique with this, it's almost self-basting. It's going to come out so luscious. That's the only way I can describe it. It's just not just like this gorgeous flaky. No, 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 no. It is luscious and it is so easy. And then clean up. You're literally taking the piece of salmon off the cookie sheet rolling up the tinfoil ball, throwing it away, and then rinsing off and washing your cookie sheet. Like, And now you've got your protein that's done for a few meals that you can use again at lunch the next day or dinner that night if you're like, hey, I'm digging this salmon thing. So once you have that done, you can put it on top of absolutely anything. For example, get a pre-made bag of like Asian salad from the grocery store. Throw it on top of that. You could take that Asian salad the next day, make some lo mein noodles or angel hair pasta or whatever type of long noodle you have in your in your pantry. Then toss the salad in with it, put the cold salmon on top. Boom! Say you went in more of like a Mediterranean direction with your salmon flavorings, then make it into a salmon niçoise salad. Half the work is already done for you. Make a hard-boiled egg, get some lettuce, Put some olives in there. Make an easy, easy lemony vinaigrette. Do you have some roasted potatoes from last night's dinner? Put those in the salad. There you go. A faux salmon niçoise salad. I'm telling you, this is one of my favorite, like, pick-me-up lunch things that with a tiny bit of meal prep, you've got some really cool ideas that can send you off into a creative food adventure spiral of your choosing. So our next question comes from Nicole on Facebook. What really is plant-based meat? Sometimes the ingredients aren't that clear. Is it really better for you or yet another food that should be consumed in moderation? Thank you for that question. So I first want to start off by saying I am not a food scientist. I am not a nutritionist. I'm only talking about what works for me in my body. So with that said, I subscribe mostly to the belief of if I look on the back of something, the ingredient section, and it's something I can't pronounce. And through research, I still don't really understand what it is or why it's there then I probably don't want to consume it or consume much of it. Uh, do I eat Doritos? Sure. Who doesn't? Who doesn't Who doesn't like a Dorito every now and then? Can I pronounce what's on the back of the ingredient section in the Doritos? No. Mm-mm. No. So I don't eat them every day. I don't eat them very often. 
I understand how wonderful the being a vegetarian and a vegan is for the environment, for your body. I think it's awesome. I went vegetarian for a handful of years and also did veganism for a short amount of time too. Being a vegan and being a vegetarian doesn't also correlate with being extremely healthy. You can still eat a lot of junk food and crap food having both of those diets. So it really depends on what your ultimate health goals are and what you're trying to achieve. Do I think a plant-based, and again, this is all just my opinion. Do I think a plant-based meat is better than a factory farmed over-processed side of beef? Absolutely. I, I wouldn't eat that either. I We subscribe to a meat um, CSA that is here locally. We know exactly where our meat's coming from. We know the farmer's. We don't eat a lot of it. We probably eat meat just a couple of days a week. We definitely try to incorporate a lot more vegetables, um, whole grains, and those things in our diet. But when we do eat meat or fish, we know exactly where it's coming from. And I think that's really important too. I think taking a step back and slowing down a little bit and just maybe investing a little bit of money into a higher quality piece of meat or fish is important and it's important for your body. It's important for the impact on the environment and also doing a little more research on where everything is coming from and how it's getting to your plate, I think is also very important. We are a world of consuming and slowing down for a minute and just taking a breath and and doing just a teeny tiny bit of research, I think goes a long way. So to answer your question, do I think plant-based meats should be eaten in moderation? For me personally, I would. That's just my own philosophy though. I think that if it's a way that you can incorporate more vegetables into your diet, great. Maybe even take it a step further and rather using the plant-based meat, creating your own texture of meat, like using lentils, um, ground walnuts. I can link a couple of recipes from a wonderful website. There's a handful of them from Minimalistic Baker to Oshi Glows uh, that are vegan, vegetarian-friendly blogs. Uh, Love and Lemons, I can keep going. They're wonderful. And they've got some really great ideas for a meaty-like texture, but using ingredients that are whole, that are just literally the ingredient whether it be walnuts, lentils, chopped up portobello mushrooms, and you're not really missing the meat. So that would be my route to go. But if that's not comfortable for you and using a plant-based meat product is more comfortable for you, give it a whirl. This is your food adventure. Nicole, good luck with that. And if you come into any really cool recipes, please let me know because I'd love to try some new stuff as well. Thank you again for that question. So our next question comes from Liz in Chicago, and she writes, how the heck do I deal with skins on kumquats? Great question, Liz. We are in the middle of winter citrus season, and I am living for it. I personally just bought a bag of kumquat. So if you don't know what a kumquat is, they look like little oranges that are in the shape of cherry tomatoes. And honestly, the trick with them is you don't take the skin off because they're like nature's Sour Patch Kids, but in reverse. So the outside is where all of the sweetness is coming from. And the inside is like a juicy, punchy, acidic, bitter, 
yumminess and you want to leave the skin on. So with kumquats, you can either just snack on them, wash them, put them in a bowl, pop them in your mouth, or because that's how you snack, or <laughs> in case you didn't know, or you can uh, slice them up into little rounds and then candy them, make marmalade or a jam out of them. I have sliced them up very thin and then just sprinkled them on top of a salad before. I've cooked with them. Think of them like an orange you don't have to peel, but in the size of a cherry tomato. That's really what you want to do with a kumquat. They're very simple. They're very straightforward. And I think they're very delicious. So happy snacking, Liz. So here we are at one of my favorite parts of our show. We're bringing on our guest. Oh... This gal, she has been a good friend of mine for over a decade. I had to look and think out loud about that. We're still so young. I wonder how that happens. She and I worked together at TT the Bears, an incredible old school divey rock bar in Central Square, which is no longer there. But if you went when it was there, most likely we got you drunk dare I say blackout drunk. She has been doing some incredible things in her kitchen over the past uh, year or so. And even before that, she's an avid home cook, just such a warm and funny soul. And I want to welcome to the show my dearest friend, Sherry. Hey, Sherry. Hello, Betty. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Happy New Year. Oh, happy New Year to you as well. Um, Thanks crazy one so far. Yeah, I know. And I feel like because we're recording this on um, Wednesday uh, this week that we just need to really quick because there's a lot going on right now in this afternoon at the Capitol building. And I think we just need to just say just a little bit something. I mean, I know we both share the same political beliefs and that I, I'm sure you feel the same way that our hearts just go out to the senators trapped in the building and to their family members who are probably worried sick beyond belief. And I, I'm, I'm just so sad and this appalled by what is going on right now in our country. And I am sure you feel the same way. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I've been glued to the TV and, um, you know, Twitter and everything else this afternoon. And it's just, it's heartbreaking to see that this is, what it's come to um you know it's it's just the same thing my heart goes out to all of those people in that building you know I mean I know that they're rushing um and helping you know senators and members of the house I'm equally worried for the people who work there on a daily basis uh, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. everything it's just um yeah it's yeah. a little nutty yeah it is and you know we're gonna sit here and talk about really happy, joyous, fun things in a second. And Sherry and I both just wanted to make note that we are not ignoring what is going on right now. And it's just devastating. So we hope that while you're listening to this, wherever you are, that you're safe and that this might bring you just a tiny bit of joy to your day. So, yeah. yeah. Okay. So with that said, Sherry, you have some amazing things going on in your kitchen right now. I am like shook, girl. <laughs> Thanks. You know, I had to find some way to, you know, make this, everybody's doing their own little quarantine thing, I guess, you know, people are working 
now people are, you know, doing puzzles. It's like, I've decided to cook because that's <laughs> what makes me comfortable, I guess. Yeah. But, yeah, know, yeah. Food is comfort and, and Absolutely. So that's where I'm going with it. <laughs> I love it. No, that's great. And so I have to ask, is there like a new ingredient or uh, a new food that you've recently tried? Because I know you're really good at like shining a spotlight on new things that you love. So is there like a new food or a new ingredient on this since you've been doing, and we'll talk about it in a second, what you're doing with Steve that you've just fallen in love with? Um, let me think about that. That's tough. I mean, we... Uh We've used a lot of good things. Um, uh -huh. I have decided that, you know, um, although I love a miso soup, miso is not my jam. Uh, Fair enough, yeah. Basis. Um, but yeah, it just, it's, I, I think more than anything I've been, since this started, I feel like, you know, we may not be eating healthily, but we are eating very cleanly in that, you know, everything that we're making is, um, you know, coming from whole foods and not processed foods. And it's funny how I had relied on so many processed foods before. Um, mm -hmm. So that's interesting. I mean, you know, just the um, everything fresh and, and mm -hmm. great, but also learning how to um, try to take a lot more care in how I store things. Cause you notice that things go bad. Very so quickly. quickly. So, yeah. So I've managed, I got a few like, you know, good things that have gone in. Um, you know, we've got you store carrots in water and they're good forever. Who knew? Like not me. Oh, yeah. You know, I didn't, I knew you could do that with celery. Like I've yeah. tried to bring back celery many times in the fridge with a cup of water, but I didn't know that you, so you, do you leave the carrots whole or do you cut the bottoms or the tops off? You leave them whole just as they are. You wash mm -hmm. them, you put them in a jar of water. I use an old, um, like one of those old, uh, things that you used to shake Parmesan cheese out of when you used oh, to sure. parm, you know, um, yeah. and it's, it's got the little holes in it. So you just, you, you wash your carrots, you stick them in the jar, you fill them mm -hmm. up. And then every couple of days you just dump the water and refill it. And I did it with carrots that were very limp. I mm. came back within 24 hours and now I store all my carrots like that Wow! forever. It's crazy. That's bananas. Like I, I'm now that's how I'm going to store my carrots. Poor Toddy's going to open the fridge and see carrots. just a sea of carrots in water and be like, oh God, what yeah. is she doing? Well, that's, yeah. yeah, yeah. That and I've, <laughs> I've been driving um, Steve crazy with, um, with the talk of my, my time because I have this one bunch of time that I've literally had for about <laughs> five weeks because I read somewhere that if you like wrap it in a paper towel and stick it in like a plastic bag and seal uh -huh. it, it will last longer. Yeah. I am still using this time, Beth. It is Stop it. it is fresh. I open it up. It's green. I'm like, you gotta be kidding me. I'm going to use it as long as I can. I'm on a roll. <laughs> oh my God. Do you like, you need to have like a death clock on the time now, like, and keep, keep score and like, see how long you can really go like leave one sprig in there and just don't touch it and oh. see how long it goes. That's hysterical. So you brought up Steve. Yes. I think we need, we need to talk about the Steve. So who is Steve to you and when did you get, and what are you guys doing and when did you start it? So Steve is a very good friend that I have known now for a very long time. Um, he actually hired me for my first job when I moved to Boston, which is kind mm -hmm. of nuts and somehow, um, even though he told me- Hold he, on, and what job was that? Oh, I was working at a photo lab within a video store. It was very- Oh. Yeah, now for, for the young kids out there, 
who don't know, video stores used to be a place that you would go and physically walk into and pick up a plastic carton that contained a movie. And then you take it and you would go and check it out for what was it, two days? Could you? Uh, yeah, how, two days. Yep. It releases one night. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> the stuff that's enlarged in our brains. I love it. I love it. Yeah, it that's a Jeopardy question. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> New releases one night. <laughs> and, then, and that's how we used to watch movies, kids. So there you go. Another life lesson from Sherry and Beth. So, okay. So Steve hired you to work in a video store. He mm-hmm. did. And we became friends. And even though he told me that he has a 10 year limit on his friendship, we've somehow managed <laughs> to outlast it. <laughs> um, oh yeah, yeah, it was 10 years. And when I, when the 10 year anniversary came up, I called him on it and he's like, all right, well, we'll see if you last another one. And now it's been, oh, I don't know. When did I move here? 96, 97. Yeah. A long yeah. time. Um, yeah. So yeah. So um during the beginning, uh, I think we started in April, but um, he wanted new foods. He was bored. Um, I sent him a recipe. He kept not making it. And eventually I said, do you want me to just talk you through it on the phone? I'll make it too. And he's like, yeah, let's do that. And we had such a good time doing it that now we do it every week. Um, I love this. It, I ju- and do you do it just like on an audio call or do you do it on FaceTime or Zoom or? Um, it's on audio call because we figured if we tried to do FaceTime or Zoom, mm-hmm. it might get a little too um, complicated. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's just an audio call. Um, we choose a recipe at the beginning of the week um, and then order our groceries and um, equipment and anything else that we may need um, to do it. And then uh, on Saturday or Sunday, we'll call each other and just go through it step by step, which always starts with a, you know, gather your ingredients. Oh, I love it. Yeah. Who picks the recipes? What's that? Who picks the recipes? Uh, it goes back and forth between the both of us. Um, Usually, like we, I have a spreadsheet because you know, nerd. Of course. Um, yeah. So we have a spreadsheet, and um, usually, if we find um an interesting option, we'll put it into a tab on the spreadsheet so that you know we can take a look at that and then go back. But we find that we both need to agree on it because there's you know certain things I don't eat, certain things that well, there's not a lot I won't eat. I mean, let's be honest, but there are certain mm-hmm. things you won't eat, so mm-hmm. we have mm-hmm. to go kind of back and forth on that, but. Okay. And so I have to know, has there been an all-star standout recipe that you've made that you were like, I would make this a thousand times over? Oh, hundred percent. Yeah. Okay. Um, our biggest, um, I think we both actually five-starred the, um, we're on a five-star rating basis. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. We both five-starred the barbacoa recipe that we used. Um, which was great. <laughs> it was okay. really, really great. Um, So can you explain to the folks listening what barbacoa is, just in case they don't know? So barbacoa is a kind of a a spicy beef stew-ish thing, but not really stew. I guess it's just kind of like a shredded beef um, Mm -hmm. with a whole bunch of spices and deliciousness that you cook for hours and hours and hours, and then you shred it and put it into tacos. Mm-hmm. or enchiladas or enchiladas or yes burrito bowl or yes. yeah and the it, barbacoa world is your oyster really yeah yeah mm-hmm. it's really great and we we took that one to a whole new level because we decided well if we're going to make um 
if we're going to make the barbacoa, then we might as well go ahead and do the whole thing. So we fried our own tortilla chips. We made, you know, we did. It was you fun. Did? It was fun. Um, we did the pico, the guac, the whole thing. You know, it was like a big adventure of fun time. Yeah. Yum. So that was one. Oh, I love and, that. And what food blog was that? That on? was on. Uh, that one came from GiveMeSomeOven.com. I love her. I do too. We got. We've done a couple of her of her recipes. Um, trying to look through and see if I can find another one but we've done a few of hers and they've always been really good um, mm -hmm. and hers I like that they're they're easily laid out there the formatting of it's good you can easily scroll down and like go through the story and just get right to the meat of the recipe but I also like she has so many like tips and tricks and like add-ons that she'll be like oh if you want if you're vegetarian do this oh if you want to add more protein do this and like it's it's just yeah. nice you so you don't have to think about it yeah I yeah. like I, I like too that it's a bit more like you know exactly like you said it's kind of like a you know this doesn't have to be so hard and fast like you know it's, mm -hmm. we're not it's not an exact science we're not baking you know um <laughs> no, unless we God, are no. which is a whole other realm of fun that I've gotten into um but yeah we've um that was probably our most popular one um the one mm -hmm. that shocked us the most that we were able to pull mm. off was um, mm. we actually did um, little Sichuan pork wontons and egg rolls. Uh huh. Oh, yeah. It took so good. Yeah. Basically, the recipe says yeah. it's going to take an hour to make. It's going to take us probably three and a half hours to make because it's just. <laughs> so this one took all day. But it was so worth it. And was it because it was time consuming, like making the little folds with the wontons yep. and like individually rolling the egg rolls? Yeah, and stuff? exactly. There was a lot of, you know, and then you're doing like the, the innards for the wontons, which is, you know, you, you put the pork in raw and do that whole thing. And then you're mm -hmm. doing the egg rolls where you cook the pork first. And um, mm -hmm. so that was great. I will, those, those wontons were from um, Sevrar and the, the, they're called um, Chow Shu. Szechuan pork wontons mm. and I highly recommend them because they are spicy and delicious and better the second day. Awesome. I will link all of these on my website for everyone because I'm definitely making all of these. And, and I don't know if you ran into this and if you did and you found a way around it, let me know. But whenever I make like dumplings or wontony things, if you don't do it fast enough, I feel like the dough starts drying out on you and can start cracking. Did you guys find that? when you were doing it or were you able to? So with this particular, I'm sorry. Um, with this particular batch, I did not, but growing up Greek has its advantages and working with phyllo dough, that happens mm -hmm. a lot. So um, I've learned from a very young age that you, you leave it constantly covered um, in a towel. It doesn't necessarily need to be a wet towel, but sometimes I like to spritz it if it's dry in the yeah, house, a yeah, a little damp. Um, yeah. But you leave the towel over it, you use it, you put it back, you know, and that seems to save anything that I, you know, I'm working with that has a tendency to dry out. Okay. So I think what you guys need to make next, just as my own personal suggestion, just because Todd and I literally okay. did it maybe three weeks ago, were uh, pork dumplings, pork soup oh. dumplings. They were so easy. The, the Folding of the dumpling on top was so much easier than a wonton. And it just, the way that the dumpling dough, when you make it, it just almost has this soft 
pliableness about it that it sticks together so much more easily than a wonton wrapper does. I ended up using actually ground pork sausage. Mm -hmm. It was a ginger garlic sausage that was raw. So I just doctored it up a little bit and left it. So I didn't have to do too much mise en place for the the filling of it. And it was really stinking good. I was shocked. I I will take you up on that because a soup dumpling is something that I have wanted to venture into. And yeah. So do you have a bamboo steam bamboo steamer basket? I don't, but I'm not opposed to buying um, to buying <laughs> anything. No, no. You're, you're talking to a girl who, uh, when we decided we were going to make pasta, we both invested in the um, Marcato 150 pasta. Sure. Yeah, because you know you have to have, gotta have it, and so gotta have it. Now, yeah, you can do once. Gotta have it. I know. Yeah. I know. Yeah. I bought a ravioli a ravioli dye thing and it's like this super heavy steel beautiful ravioli cutter oh it was well north of a hundred and something dollars how many times have we used it twice but it doesn't matter because it's beautiful. it doesn't matter and, and it's beautiful yeah. yeah I know I know that's awesome so now we talked about all the good mm. has there and if you don't want to say it it's fine but I think it's good for constructive criticism for some of the food bloggers out mm. there has there been any massive fails where you're like, oh, this is disgusting? So I won't call it disgusting, but I will okay. say it did not live up to expectations whatsoever. We made, um, there were a couple. One of one was a Filipino chicken adobo, which we mm-hmm. thought was going to be delicious, but mm-hmm. just was very bland and just not there so if anyone has a great recipe for filipino chicken adobo i'm dying to actually make it when it's right okay the other one that we weren't particularly impressed with was we made a steakhouse potatoes romanoff oh that but that sounds like like it wouldn't be like yeah i can see why that why you'd be like oh let's do that yeah it's like a thing it's kind of fancy let's go ahead and do it Everybody gave it five stars and it was like, you know what? I'd rather just have mashed potatoes. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it just didn't have that special little, like, it wasn't like those, you know, layered crispy potato things that are delicious. It oh, was just kind of like, a, those are yeah, so I good. Yeah, I know. I know. Anything oh, that's layered and cr- like I'm salivating now because Sherry and I are talking and it's four o'clock in the afternoon. So for me, this is like prime time, snicky snack time that like, I want to get a little bowl of something while I'm like daydreaming about what I'm going to make for dinner. And now we're talking about food. So you better believe after we jump off, I am making a sneaky snack of some kind. Oh, same. Now what's your go-to sneaky snack? Well, so right now I love, I'm trying desperately to eat healthy-ish and I'm on Weight Watchers. So the the WW. So I, um, find that and I'm so sorry for any vegan or vegetarian <laughs> listening the three whatever they are 365 or th- no they're three something those baked pork rinds <gasps> oh man like the barbecue one it's a little sweet it's a little spicy uh-huh. just like me oh my god or the chili lime yeah. one mm. okay yeah had me at hello pork rind you had me at hello with you know I've done a pork um, rind for a long time and I came around mm-hmm. them a couple of years ago again and I was like oh my god mm-hmm. I forgot how good these were oh so good so good and I mean the they're baked at yeah. least so you don't feel as 
bad, those I love. And then I, Todd got me into, it's called fruit jerky. And I got it, he got it at Whole Foods and it looks like beef jerky, but it's just fruit. I love the one that's half a pineapple and this drizzle of cacao on it. Oh my God. It's so good. It's so good. But I'm, I'm salivating. I also love any kind of almond that is rolled in some kind of flavoring. The cocoa like almond? The wasabi. Yeah. All oh. of them. Yeah. Sign me up. Yeah. Any kind. Mm-hmm. I'm salivating. Literally. Thanks, Sherry. Yeah, no problem. Anytime. <laughs> I'm going to have to edit all of my. <laughs> That's why I'm here. No, leave them in there. Great. <laughs> I, in theme of food adventures, would love to know, have you been on any food adventures? Maybe it's a takeout adventure recently that was just amazing. Um, Let me think. So recently, um, not really. However, um, a few years back, I did did have to go to um, Philadelphia so that we could try um, Pat's versus Gino's cheesesteaks. Oh, I remember that. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm a I'm a Pat's girl all the way, but that was uh, interesting because it was basically just like let's just go there and eat, and then we'll mm-hmm. just go home. So it was it was it was fun. It was interesting. Um, other than that, I mean, my adventure is just like I mean, I'll I'll eat wherever I am. I'm not gonna lie, but <laughs> oh no, I hear you. Yeah. <laughs> No, I mean, Todd and I, two, maybe it was a week, week ago, two weeks ago, we decided to um, find the best Indian restaurant we could find around us. And we got an obscene amount of takeout from them. And it was unbelievably good. And like all the different chutneys, we got, I don't know, three different kinds of naan, four different curries, a bernyani, like all of the things, every fried nugget of awesomeness on that appetizer platter. Oh, we got it. (laughs) And just like crushed it all on a Saturday night at like 5.30 because in COVID times, I don't know about you, but man, dinner is a lot earlier than it used to be when I was working in an office. Like 5.30 rolls around. I'm like, "Mm, it's it's dark out. Can I eat? Like feels like dinner time now. Yep, hundred um, percent. I speaking of Indian food, we did make a butter chicken that was like out of this world. Um, it was, and it's funny because Steve was not an Indian food person. He didn't really care for it, could care less really. Um, I was like, let's make this butter chicken. I think you're gonna like it, and he ended up really liking it. And that 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 recipe, I believe, is from the New York Times. I'll have to um, send you the information on that. We use them for a lot, really. Oh yeah, I love that. I know I subscribe to the um, to the Times and to the food one too, yep. whatever. I mean, for six bucks a month, how can you not? It's right? so worth it. Hundred percent. And the, and the contributors like Samin Nosarat, like I bow down to her. She is my goddess <laughs> of amazingness when it comes to food. Like I, I want to be her. I want to be her best friend. Samin, if you're listening, I love you. I know you're listening because you want to be my best friend too. I get it. I get that, it. Yeah, that's totally true. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I it. Thank you. So what are you guys cooking this weekend? Um, we actually haven't decided this weekend um, yet, which is a little late for us in the week, but it's been mm-hmm. a little busy. So um, we haven't really gotten that far. But no. um, what we did have on the docket for this past week that had to get pushed because Steve has a cold and 
So it doesn't really make sense to, you know, make things right. Taste them so much, but we were going to make a Wellington, which is a oh, oh my god. god, I know. I was very excited. We're both very excited. So this you're is you're not going to make your own puff pastry, right? You're going to buy it. We're going to buy the puff pastry this time. Although I have made several different doughs during this whole adventure. Yes, yeah, so you said you've been baking. What have you been baking? Oh, I've been baking a lot of bread. <laughs> um, a lot of bread. Uh -huh. We did. Um, so we started with like a regular yeast bread recipe with a whole bunch of kneading in it and whatever, and it ended up kind of being meh. Mm -hmm. um but then we found this recipe for like artisan bread that's super easy you just dump everything into the mixer you throw it over you you rise it for like three hours and then you just throw it in the oven and it was great so really from, yeah it was really good and now I make them every week it makes two little kind of smallish artisan loaves and mm -hmm. I'll usually um uh, do half and half on the recipe. So I'll make one plain one. And then the other one, I kind of experiment with a little bit. So I've done like an olive and feta bread. Um, mm. I know, uh, cayenne and cheddar, uh, diced jalapeno. Uh, they've just anything like, wow, a, just throw it in the bread and see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what's the worst that could happen? It's bread. Like who doesn't like a carbohydrate? It's the perfect vehicle for anything. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. So it, it, yeah, we, then from bread, we went to pie dough. Um, we did, uh, was it last weekend? I just called him out of the blue. I was like, Hey, want to make some focaccia? He's like, I believe I have everything in the house, which is really weird, but yeah, let's make focaccia. So we did that last week, which was great. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It was really good. Um, I'm so jealous of your baking skills. I can't bake worth a damn. And I, I'm an inept baker and I, I keep trying and I keep failing. So what do you think your secret is that it's working out so well? I'm dying to know. You know, it's, we've tried, I think we've just gotten really lucky with the recipe, quite <laughs> honestly. Um, you know, but baking is an exact thing. And mm -hmm. um, I'll tell you, I think the thing that's helped me the most is that I, invested it's not really an investment because they're super inexpensive but i got a food scale um, oh yeah and i weigh everything now rather than measuring and i noticed like you know comparing it's like there is quite a difference in in some things oh yeah like some things they'll say like a cup or 125 grams or what, whatever it is you know and mm -hmm. when you weigh it out you're like oh no this is either a little less or like a little more and like you said baking is a total exact science and when it's not in grams when you're baking it's so much harder because like you can literally put the bowl on the scale and just start dumping things in and then just keep changing the the, the tear or whatever it is you know what I mean yeah. yep it's great I mean that's that's like my my favorite thing now is my food scale and you know it's it's interesting too because you find out that you know flowers don't all weigh the same so you know a third of a cup of one flower a third of a cup of the other flower not quite the same so true no it's yeah. such a good point yeah awesome yeah it's it, it, steve had said he had gone from being a person who had no flower in his house to being now a man of three flowers <laughs> uh, what three flowers does steve have um that is an all-purpose uh a bread flower and a double zero for pasta of course yeah. gotta have the double zero i also use the double zero for pizza dough too Yes. yes. And I used it for the soup dumpling wrappers. Oh, really? Mm -hmm. Yeah, because 
it makes such a soft dough and it's uh-huh. just so like silky smooth and pliable and it's utterly delicious it is it is it is great well sherry i can't thank you enough for being here this was such a pleasure you're gonna have to come back on i have one more question for you yeah okay am i nervous no 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 you're gonna win a million dollars at the end of this if you answer it right no i'm just kidding (laughs) i i could give you a dollar that's about all i have right now i i I just i will settle for having a drink with you when we can oh my gosh don't even tease me yeah so if covid wasn't a thing yes and money was no option where would you travel to and what would you eat greece all the food oh i love it That's my dream is like, and I, I actually, I'm, I'm planning for 2022 um, and we're planning on it being a girl's trip. So if you want to come, I will give you the information, but we're going to eat. eat. Well, and the fact that like you're as Greek as they come, you can navigate those Greek waters better than anyone when it comes to food. Mm. Well, thank I'm you. so that. excited. Yeah, I'm going to rent a cave house. And oh my God. Yeah, I know, right? And um, it's going to be fantastic. So, okay, I'm in. Sign me up. All right. my pa- I just got a new weekender. I will pack it and I- I'm there. <laughs> Done. Excellent. Done. Well, I love you so much. Thank you again, my sweet friend. I love you too. And I, I'm so excited that you asked me to do this. It was super fun. I will do it anytime. Perfect. Well, <laughs> we have to know what, when you guys are cooking next and what you're cooking. And so, yeah, you're going to get a whole slew of fan mail now that are going to want in on what Sherry and Steve are making. Yeah, I know. Right. It's, it's kind of, kind of incredible. If, you, if anybody has recipes they want to send, they recommend, I will take them. Awesome. And, um, yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely. Looking for recommendations all the time. Awesome. Well, I love you so much, Boo Bear. Right back at you, Peanut. All right, I'll see you soon. Love you. Well, everyone, that's our show for this week. Sherry, thanks again for being on. I love you. It's always, always a pleasure talking with you. If anyone has any recipe ideas for Sherry and Steve and their cooking adventures, please feel free to send them to the email address let's go on a food adventure at gmail.com. If you have any questions for me, send them to the email address. As always, check out the website for all the show notes and all of the recipes, www.elizabethrfuller.com, and just go to the show notes. Thanks again, everyone. Can't wait to see you next Friday. And I hope you were inspired to take your own food adventure this weekend. Love you guys. See you later.